Dominique Villasenor is a Mexican-American mountaineer. She was born and raised in Somersville and is now a student at the state's flagship university, WVU. For a class last semester, Dominique wrote a letter to President Donald Trump focusing on immigration policies and pathways to citizenship in the United States. Dom's parents are Mexican and moved to West Virginia to start a small business. Her life is in West Virginia, and she was born in America. Yet the president's harsh words regarding Mexicans have cut deep. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Holler. And special thanks to Dominique for reading her letter and sharing her story. Dear President Trump, I was born and raised in a small town called Somersville, West Virginia. I'm a sophomore studying marketing at West Virginia University. I'm a first-generation college student as well as a first-generation American on my father's side of the family. My mom was born in California and my dad was born in a very small town in Mexico called Degollado, Jalisco. Shortly after getting married, my dad became a citizen of the United States through naturalization. My parents saw an opportunity to start a small business and took it. Since then, my entire family has been rooted in West by God, Virginia. Due to circumstance and by the grace of God, I was born in the United States of America. When I found out you were running for President of the United States, I thought it was a joke. I mean that genuinely. I wasn't familiar with you much other than you were very rich and very powerful. Then I heard your presidential announcement speech where one of the very first things to come out of your mouth was, when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. I am Mexican. Being Mexican is something I take a lot of pride in. Being Mexican is a big part of who I am. You started your campaign blatantly targeting my people. You played on people's fears, and I was sure they'd hate you just as much as I did, but they didn't. For the first time, I felt outnumbered and vulnerable. People I've known all of my life began supporting you after that. I was in my high school civics class when we were asked to discuss current events. A classmate of mine chose illegal immigration as his topic of choice. Following your lead, he was calling undocumented immigrants, specifically Mexicans, rapists, and drug dealers. I know that statement was a false generalization, but it made me angry. I was two rows from him and I couldn't bring myself to say anything at all. I felt betrayed and feared that since not even the teacher was shutting his false stereotypes down, everyone agreed with him and everyone was against me. To this day, I regret never saying anything to him, but it opened my eyes. It was after this moment that I knew I had the privilege to unapologetically advocate for the rights of the immigrant community. It didn't matter that I had graduated with honors It didn't matter that I was the captain of the soccer team. It didn't matter how active I was in my community. I was still looked at differently. I'm not sure you understood the power of your words. Maybe you went too far and were in too deep to take it back. I know the people who came to the United States looking for the American dream. I know the people who want a better life for their family. I know the people who want an opportunity. These are actual individuals, each with their own story. They're not numbers, they're not criminals, and they're definitely not rapists. I understand the common argument is that they came here illegally. And while that may be true, the United States has made it unbelievably difficult to become a citizen. Our current immigration laws are not effective. I'm asking you to work with Congress to make a more efficient immigration system. There needs to be a process where there are strict eligibility criteria for allowing otherwise law-abiding people an opportunity to earn legal status. Since I only know West Virginia, and I know you love West Virginia, I want to begin here. Apart from adding millions of dollars to West Virginia's economy, immigrants have millions of dollars in spending power. In 2014, immigrant-led households in the state paid $125 million in federal taxes and $51.9 million in state and local taxes. 
West Virginia is home to more than 2,500 immigrant business owners, including my family. That generated $47.6 million in business income. West Virginia is struggling. Young people are leaving the state rapidly. West Virginia is losing its future. I want to see it flourish. I want to see it grow. I want to see it embracing what it has. Immigrants are positively contributing to not only West Virginia's economy, but the United States as well. I know you know that. You were the reason I began standing up for my beliefs. You were the reason I became vocal. You were the reason I began speaking for those who can't speak. I think you forgot that we all came from somewhere. Whether it was your grandfather from Germany or my father from Mexico, they immigrated here in search for more. Thanks to them, we have an incredible opportunity to pursue whatever we want, including becoming president. Hey everyone, it's Hillary Kinney for Holler Podcasts, and I'm here with Dominique Villasenor. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Hillary. And thank you so much for sharing uh, that letter with us. Um, some of you who are listening might have read Dominique's letter in the Gazette Mail or seen it shared on Facebook, um, but I really wanted to start the show with letting her read it and speak it because I think having the chance to say it out loud is even more powerful. I thought, I thought, I, I felt chills there. It was bad. I was sitting here <laughs> holding my breath. I was like, oh. It was good. So powerful. So what do you, um, how do you feel about the response that you've gotten from this letter? It's been incredible. The, the amount of support and the amount of love that I'm getting from people that I have no idea um, about or people from across the country that um, – I have family in California that, you know, have shared it. I have family in North Carolina. So it's been, I'm not going to say nationwide, but it's, it's spread more than I thought for sure. And um, the response is obviously uh, mostly positive, but of course I'm going to get some backlash, but I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. What's some of the, some of the backlash that you've gotten? Well, so they don't read it. I think, <laughs> I think that's the, that's the major part. They don't read it and they see the headline um, Mexican and Donald Trump and then they negatively associate it with each other for one reason or another. But um, they usually either don't read it or they, they begin reading it and they just decide to, you know, um, comment on, the you know, give me backlash. But um, then I just respond with read it. And then, you know, it's positive after that. So, yeah, we were talking before the show. You paid really close attention to making a case in your letter. It wasn't just, um, you know, emotionally driven. You really put time into um, explaining so many different facets of your life. And um, particularly, you talk about how immigrants contribute to our economy. So you really played to our president's business yes. business mindset. Was that your intention with that? My intention uh, was, I know I wrote it for Donald Trump, but it was mostly for the leaders of West Virginia, for West Virginians in general that don't necessarily see this perspective that um, I do every day, every single day, and my family and my friends see every single day in the United States. But, but for the most part, you know, I made a case for... The business, you know, this was for my English 102 um, class, and I went at it. I made it so that it's just my story, and and I provided facts. I provided um, just my perspective on things, and I didn't think people could argue with that because that's you know that's what happens. That's what happened to me. So um, I made it st that way so that no one could argue with me. Right, and um, you know our state is struggling economically for you sure know this. for sure uh, many people know this and i think a lot of people um 
Like, I'll be honest, I don't know if if many people in my family at all even know someone who's immigrated to the United States mm-hmm. or um, know someone who is not um, has has the roots in the state as as we do. My family is from West Virginia. We've right. been here for a long time. So um, when a candidate comes out and talks, I don't I don't think this way, but I think that Trump was appealing because he promised things that related to our economy whether it was related to coal or whatever and also said so many negative things about bodies of people that most west virginians can't relate to Mm -hmm. which is upsetting and i don't think is right but um i really liked the way that you were able to talk about how immigrants are contributing to this state and giving back because at the end of the day i think that is what is so um strong about west virginia like west virginians have a pride here yeah 100 percent. you're you're a mountaineer through the yeah and i i love west virginia i loved growing up here i loved um being born and raised in Summersville. i think it was a great place to raise a family and everything and i i wouldn't take it back mm-hmm. i completely understand the coal industry i know 100 percent. all of my friends have uh family in the coal business but i don't think that um the major points that affected affected me affected my friends. And mm-hmm. so um, that's what I wrote in my letter. I know it was a big gap that um, it was hard for me to understand the support for him because he was targeting me. But they appealed or he appealed to them because, you know, for one reason or another, he was helping their family. So it was a very, right. very big gap that it was hard to understand, especially in the, um, you know, I was 18, 17. Um, and I and he was coming out saying all these things about me and then all of a sudden they supported him hold wholeheartedly. So it was hard for me to make that distinction that no, maybe they're not, you know, against me, but it, it was hard. It was, it was very, very hard in high school specifically. And there were so many hateful people that I couldn't drown out just because at that point in my life, it was so, um, it was hard. I I didn't even know, you know, what to say. I didn't know how to act. Um, I was always, you know, I tried to be the best I could be. I tried to be, um, I was the captain of the soccer team. I was on the honor roll. Like I, I, I tried to be the best and I held myself at a certain standard because my mom always said, be the example and, you know, don't let other people's generalizations affect who you actually are. And you be the example, show them that that's not how everyone is, show that the, that that's not how every Mexican acts. And um, through my actions, that's what I tried. So whenever anyone ev- ever said anything negative about, um, you know, me or my family, because I come from a mixed status family. So what that means is that um, there are, you know, undocumented immigrants in my uh, family, and then there are undocumented immigrants in um, as with my friends as well. So it's not just that since my immediate family is legal and are we're born and raised and you know here or through naturalization everything the argument is that you know if you're illegal get out okay but the thing is they don't understand that the illegal or the immigration is so hard to go through mm-hmm. like they i have family that have been um in the system for 20 years 20 years and i had no idea until i um you know, started growing up and I started asking my family, uh, you know, like, why, how does that happen? Why does that happen? And they, you know, explained to me that it's really, really hard to get, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. and that was part of your, part of your letter is right. asking for that reform. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. I'm asking for a better immigration reform. Obviously I'm not asking everyone to get in. I'm asking for, you know, there obviously has to be really, really strict criteria, but you know, 
otherwise they're law abiding and they're contributing to their society, whether that be in West Virginia or whether that be in um, California, or, you know, in different parts of the country, but as a whole to the United States are contributing so much. And, and I want people to understand that perspective. Right. Absolutely. Um, a minute ago, you mentioned how your mom had raised you to be an example. Um, how has it felt growing up in a state that is not very diverse, a state that, you know, a lot of people have very um, specific opinions on immigration. How has it felt to feel as though you have to be that example? It's It's been hard, but I hadn't really realized it until probably middle school because in elementary school, you know, I was a kid, everyone, it's, I'm not going to say that they didn't have their judgments then. I think their parents had, you know, um, judgments then. And then they, they started incorporating in, into, um, you know, when we were growing up and everything. And I started noticing little little things that, you know, not very many people should have to go through. Like um, there was this one instance where a friend of mine in middle school, I was in sixth grade, um, looked at me. And there was this uh, there was another uh, Mexican family in in the town too so it was just us and them and this one girl she was she's older than me but you know we were in she was one grade younger than me so I was in seventh grade um but my friend air quote friend um at the time said there's two types of Mexicans like the good and the bad and you're like the good and saying that the other one was the bad because because we dress differently and everything but I, I was trying to appeal to my friends and I was trying to dress like my friends and I was trying to you know be them and and uh for one reason or another and i said thank you and that's what sucks so bad it makes me want to cry well, because you were also in the seventh grade. i was also in the seventh grade but I, I didn't know how to handle things like that i said thank you because i thought of it was a compliment i was like oh okay so you know my mom said be an example i'm i'm doing good i'm a good mexican that shouldn't have to be the case there is there's a good person there's a bad person the other girl was a good person but i said thank you because I, you know, for one reason or another, I was young and I, I didn't know how to respond to things. And now looking back, there's so many instances where you think that shouldn't happen. People shouldn't say these things. Maybe I should have said something. But it made me do who I am now. I like now know that that's wrong. I now know not to stand for those things and not and to say something because obviously that set a precedent for her to say that to someone else, you know, whether that be another race or something. But she felt it was OK to say that for one reason or another. So I'm learning. You know? Right. Can you talk a little, so I was reading through the comments in this article, which you apparently aren't supposed to do. Right. <laughs> People always say, don't read the Facebook comments. I You'll tried. just get mad. <laughs> there were so many supportive comments. There were also a few comments that um, people were very eager to attack you or question why if you were born in America, why do you still consider and call yourself Mexican? Oh my goodness, that made me so... So I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that because, okay, I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, what the heck? We have people out here celebrating their Italian heritage at the Italian exactly. festival every year, but people would get pretty upset, I think, if there was like a Mexican festival right. and people would get angry about that. So talk a little bit about your Mexican heritage and being Mexican and also being American. I am definitely both. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think a lot of families in West Virginia or I don't know, maybe in the United States have that strong rooted, um, into their other heritage. So the, I, ever since I was two months old, have gone to Mexico every single summer and every single December, 
up until high school. And then even in high school, I went every single summer. I couldn't go every December because of school. But um, so I go every chance we get. So we would spend three months in Mexico, come back, you know, for the other remaining time. But I would look forward to going to Mexico. I could speak Spanish over there. I could go see my friends over there. I that's the that's a huge joy in my life. So in my mom's 100 percent Mexican. She was born in California, but she's, you know, 100 percent Mexican. My dad's 100 percent Mexican. That only leaves me to equal 100% Mexican. So I don't see the argument where I am not Mexican. I am um, Mexican, whether that be heritage, I am Mexican. And if I could get, if I wanted to, I could get dual citizenship for, you know, Mexico and and the United States. But, you know, for one reason or another, I haven't. Um, But I I thought my patriotism in the letter showed, I was was saying, you know, I am proud to be a West Virginian. I want to see it flourish. I want to see it grow. I was saying all those things because I'm proud and I want to see the United States grow. I want to see I want to see my state because if you're from this state, you there's this pride that you have, um, whether that be you know being a mountaineer or being um, you know just a sense of family and a sense of unity and and that's so beautiful to me that I I incorporate that into my you know into my life and everything. But for someone to say that I should you know, choose one over the other. That's not fair. Like, they're and not used to Mexicans It doing seems that. as though people don't expect other people who might be white, for example, <laughs> to do the same. Right. So it's a little... Um, it's not a it's not a two way street in that sense. Right. And I and I thought that that was really interesting because I had never seen, um, you know, comments like that before. I think they were just like looking for. They were trying really hard. They were hard to trying find really hard, but I I mean, I never said I wasn't American. I I think I said I said West by God Virginia. And I I meant that. I mean, this is, you know, for one reason or another I was I was proud to be born in the United States. Yeah. It's uh you are so good at being not only positive, but I think trying to see both perspectives. Um have there been times like in the past few years um, that things have been really hard for you? Yes. Uh, that's my number one thing. I try to see both perspectives, especially living in West Virginia. I I really try to see, okay, well, they, they see it like this because of, you know, their family, just as I see it like this because of my family. So in, in a sense, in anything I do, I try to keep an open mind and, and a, an open perspective and everything. But, um, yeah, over the years, it's been it's been harder, and since this um, presidency, it's been way harder to understand people's perspectives, just because of so much he puts out and so much he says and so much he does. That you know, you think, oh, okay, this is gonna do it. This is it. Like you know, he he said this, but nothing nothing shakes it. Nothing changes anything. Which is you know, I'm not gonna say it's fine, but it it's I re- it's getting harder to understand perspectives at this point. Um, but you know it's uh, you know <laughs> it's getting harder yeah for sure how has being here at WVU um helped you I, I mean I know that you're and pretty involved on campus um so talk up a little bit about your experience here at West Virginia University yeah so I, I chose to come to WVU it's always been a dream of mine to um come to a big university and and um, I love WVU. I love going to the basketball games and the football games and everything. But um, I am I try to get really involved in in the university. I'm in culturas right now. I'm in, I'm a 
which is a Hispanic uh, club, basically, and a Latin club. And there, even there's not that many Mexicans there either. Like I'm trying to, I'm we were trying to, you know, find more. But no, there's, but it's an awesome. You're like, mix. well, dang. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, not here. And even then, whenever I introduced myself, I was like, oh, hi, I'm Dominique. I'm from West Virginia. Everyone you know, was completely shocked. They were like, no way, I'm from D.C. No way, I'm from Pittsburgh and everything. So I'm still the only, you know, Hispanic that, no, I've met one other person that was from West Virginia. But, <laughs> but I mean, it was shocking that uh, I was from uh, West Virginia. And I am I was very, very proud to say that I was from West Virginia. I was like, yes, it's me. Like, I know there's not a lot of diversity here, but here I am. And, Somersville represent. Yeah, Somersville represent. But um, so now everyone knows about Somersville, guys. But um <laughs> But yeah, like there's there's Salvadoranians, there's you know uh, Colombians, there's so many, there's such a diverse group, and and I never got to see that. I never got to see that growing up. I've always either been with a bunch of um, Mexicans or a bunch of you know Americans, but nothing nothing like a mix. So I mean, it's been really really cool to see what how how they phrase things or how they say things or or how they express themselves and their mannerisms and stuff. And it's because it's completely foreign to me too. So it's fun to, fun to find out. Right. I meant to ask you actually earlier after hearing your letter, um, you're just talking about being from Somersville. What uh, made your parents decide to settle in Somersville and come to West Virginia? Good question. So my, <laughs> my uncle um, gave my, cause my parents waited three years to uh, finally have a child, but um, they were they had they both had two jobs. They both had very odd jobs and and were working in you know grocery stores or construction or um, just different different odd jobs until finally my uh, an uncle of mine um, said, hey, we're starting we're gonna open a business. Uh, it's a Mexican restaurant. We're gonna open it in in West Virginia. Would you be interested in in buying you know um, buying a part in that in that restaurant? And my dad. Um, said yes and that restaurant's older than me by eight months um so it's been there for 20 years it's crazy um that restaurant's brought so much life and love and and everything to that community um i think i think it's one of the most popular restaurants in somersville um and the amount of support that that restaurant gets and everything it's 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 heartening to see that um you know this community because it's a beautiful community at the end of the day it's a it's a beautiful community and they all um after church they all gather at la Grata. and it's like so nice to see the same faces the same people growing up aren't you the little girl that passed um that sat me when you were you know five years old and like came and brought me chips when you were 10 and everything so it's they they've seen me grow up into the person i am today and i've seen them grow um, it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling. So, um, I recently met the person that gave birth to me, not gave birth to me, but like <laughs> delivered me. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's a really small town, but it's so, it's so nice there. It's so positive there. And, um, but that's, you know, the restaurant's older than me and we've been there ever since. Now my sister's going to Nicholas County high school, the, the high school there. And my little brother's going to the middle school there. Um, uh, Somersville Middle School and they're all they're both doing their thing they're they're also um I'm hoping going to college too so I mean you know we're we're trying to set up an example and we're all trying to be you know the best we could be so how do you talk to your siblings about um and do, do you have discussions about this political climate have your siblings experienced anything yes yeah, so I I don't control them they they hear what they hear in the school and everything I don't I'm not there anymore to 
constantly hear them but um but the other day my my little brother was saying something about god what was he saying about his friends influence him you know his friends say one thing and they're little they don't understand that um you know that's not the whole story of what their parents are telling so like the other day the Colin Kaepernick thing um uh my little brother was calling him a bunch of bad words and I was like do you understand like the backstory to it and I explained the whole the whole thing and then that's how he you know he he would oh, okay so that's how um that's how it is but you know other than that he wouldn't have known or but my, my sister my sister's 16 she she knows her her things but you know my little brother's 11 so not his friends a, yeah his friends are exactly same here same here i experience. i completely didn't know i you know didn't know how to stand up for anything so i mean he's experiencing experiencing his his own things and and it's good to let it play out you know so he'll grow from it eventually but um yeah i've seen i've seen a change for sure in in the way people are you know and how they are what would you define as the american dream i think i'm living it i think the cards aligned perfectly for me for one way or another and i'm so 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 blessed to be where i am today because the only difference between me and let's say an undocumented immigrant or a dreamer or you know someone who is getting targeted and and attacked and and getting all called the nastiest things it's i was born here but other than that we are the same person they speak perfect english they attend the same high schools they um study the same things and that's the only difference is that i was born here and that's why i think i'm living literally the american dream i see myself in their shoes so much that it physically pains me whenever they go through something because i don't get that i there's no way that i can experience that kind of um targeting and that kind of hatred and everything because it's all targeted toward them and and i feel it's targeted toward me because you know the the literally the only difference is is me being born here so the american dream for me is despite everything and despite you know the odds being against you you're still going to succeed um and it's it's really hard not to succeed in the united states that's what people don't understand it's really really hard not to succeed and you have to really try to not to succeed to to you know to stay in the same place i think if if you study or if you work for what you want you get the benefits from that you reap the benefits from that and i don't think that a lot of people understand that in other countries you don't you you're stuck or for one reason or another you know you you're just going to you're just going to get stuck there you don't have the american dream you don't have the hope and you don't have the something to work for and um that's why so many people come here i think they they see people like me or they see you know so many people succeed despite everything and it's hard for them not to want it's in it's inhumane for someone to not want to have more things and to want to be better so um in that way you know maybe people understand that the perspective but you know one can only hope (laughs) what would you um tell someone who um is a citizen or who, who maybe wants to do more to help 
those communities of people who who are undocumented or the dreamers um what are some ways that they can show support for that community well i'm still i'm still learning i'm i'm trying very recently is this past year i've been very very active in trying to to be active whenever it comes to that stuff i've i've called representatives and i've been outside senators doors i've been you know actually trying because before i'd be like oh wow like that sucks i can't do anything about it but now i like i want to do something about it there's no possible way that there's nothing i can do about it so um for that i say please try to contact representatives please try to be active and and listen to stories be very very open to listening to stories please don't um have that narrow perspective where you only see things for one from one way um I think it's important for West Virginians to know that, you know, there's two sides to, to every story. And while you may think a certain way, there's there's a much bigger way and broader way to think about things. And um, I think mindset is, <laughs> is the only um, thing that I, I would ask of them because um, if they want to help and if they want to, you know, I'm not saying persuade people to think another way, but just encourage people to have an open mind whenever it comes to that, because empathy is so, so, so needed right now. It's, it's people are tearing people apart, you know, and, and there's people who won't have empathy and they, they'll be like, we'll go back to where you came from. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, I think humanity is what, what comes first. I agree. (laughs) Is there anything else you would like to add or mention about your letter or about your experience growing up in West Virginia or anything? I I just want to say I love West Virginia. I love the people in West Virginia. I love the atmosphere it brings, the the family feel it has. And I am a West Virginian, and I, I don't think people picture that whenever they, they think of a West Virginian. I think they have their own, you know, stereotype about West Virginia, and just as people have that stereotype of West Virginia, people have that stereotype for you know, Hispanics or immigrants in general, Muslims or um, anything. So, you know, there are horrible people, but that does not mean that just because they're horrible people it has nothing to do with where they came from. There are horrible people that are from the United States. There are horrible people that are from, you know, so many different places. But at the end of the day, you know, we are West Virginians and we can stick together or we can, you know, let something divide us and I think this is very divisive um I think people whether that be the presidency there there have been very very recent things right now that have been trying to divide um Republicans and Democrats or dreamers and you know the military like there's so many big things that you know America first what does America mean that's what we need to ask ourselves I agree Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Hillary. And sharing your letter with everyone, Dominique. And I will make sure to post um, information on how to get in touch with Dominique and the link to her letter as well in the description for any of you who want to check it out again. Thanks so much.